Blog Talk Radio. Let the wind blow, let the glory come down. Hey. 
Let your glory, let your glory, let your glory. 
another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. If you're just tuning in, uh, obviously you're on Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can definitely go to our webpage for Prayer International. It's www.prayerinternational.org. You can also find us on Facebook, 
Or if you are having trouble that way, you can always go to Facebook and look up Chris Herzog or Sean Holmberg and reach out to us that way. We've got links up on our news feeds and also on our website uh, where you can connect into the show. So just wanted to open up with a word of prayer and see where we go from there. And again, just want to thank everyone for listening. If you have any prayer requests, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. That's prayerinternational at gmail.com. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We just give you praise. We just give you glory. Father, we give you honor. Lord, we say tonight that you alone are worthy. We thank you for Jesus, for the salvation that you've freely given us. Even though it's free for us, it costs you something. So let us take that into account, Father, that it was a price that you paid. And Lord God, help us to give our lives away. Lord, help us to lay down our lives for you and to receive you and to follow you. Father, we ask tonight, Lord, every man, every woman, every child, every teenager that may be listening, that, Father, they would have an encounter and go deeper with you. Father, we pray for a deeper desire, a deeper intimacy, a deeper experience with you that would be genuine, that would transform lives. Father, we we know, Lord, that when you come in to a person's life, there is change and transformation. That, Father, you're not about tradition and religion in as much as you're about relationship and transformation. And we just thank you for that, Lord, that you are true, you are alive. Father, when we speak to you, you answer back. And we pray to you, Father, you bring answers, you bring solutions to the problems that we face. And we thank you. We're grateful. And we just ask your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wanted to start out tonight um, just sharing a little bit. I titled tonight the gospel and what we are going to do with it. And one of our key verses that I want to bring out tonight is actually found in the book of Mark, um, chapter 16, verse 15 through 18. And it says this, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. For these signs will follow those who believe, and in my name they will cast out demons, speak in their tongues, they will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So that verse is actually found in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 18. And now if we continue on to verse 19, I just want to share a little bit. So Christ in the book of Mark gives what we call the Great Commission. And he starts off by saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now he's not just speaking to disciples, but he continues, he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. So we know not only is he talking to disciples, or we call the apostles, 
but he's talking to believers. You see, Scripture was not given just for an historical account, but it was given for us to profit. It was given for our benefit. So he continues and says this, These signs will follow those who believe. And my question tonight is, do you believe? You know, there's a lot of people that say they're Christians. There's a lot of people that say they believe. But Christ kind of gave us two sides to the coin. One, he said this, all the commandments hang on these two things. He said, number one, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two was love your neighbor as yourself. And so with that being said, we can see that our number one priority in this life and Christ's number one desire for us and the Father's desire for us is that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, all our mind, all our strength. So everything that's within us, we love God with it. Everything that we've been given, everything that we think, everything that we are, who we've become, we give that to the Lord as an offering. We give ourselves to God as an offering. When we declare him Lord, when we declare him ruler, when we declare him master and savior of our lives, we say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. So first and foremost, it's about relationship with God, relationship with the Father, relationship with Christ, relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is our priorities, priorities of the kingdom, kingdom priorities. He continues to say this. He says, he that believes in verse 16 and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It continues in verse 19, says, So after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Verse 20 says, They went forth, speaking of these disciples, these believers, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now, if we flip over to the book of Matthew, chapter 28, we see the same commission just from a slightly different perspective. Okay, so in the book of Matthew, we also see and can read the same type of thing uh, that Jesus said. Of course, it was written a little bit differently, so I want to read this to you because I think it might fill in some blanks. In chapter 28, verse 18 and 19, actually we'll just do 18 through 20, it says, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Or even to, some versions say, to the end of the age or the end of the world. Amen. One thing I wanted to point out, Christ gave us the great commandment, and that was this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And in loving that is to say this. If you love God and you love your neighbor, then you're going to want your neighbor to experience God in a similar fashion that you experienced him. And so in loving our neighbor, part of that is sharing and declaring who God is. Part of loving our neighbor is to live a life that exemplifies Christ. Living a life that resembles or portrays Christ in the earth. You see, God wants us to be a reflection of him. God wants to be an example of him. God wants us to be, you know, the Bible says that he created us in his image. Genesis, if you go back to Genesis, it says that God created us in his image. Male and female created he them. Created us in his likeness. The problem is, is the unbelievers and the people that do not believe, the people that have no faith or those that completely deny God, are looking at so-called believers, so-called Christians, people that claim to know God, and they don't see Christ in us. They don't see the manifestation of Jesus in us. They don't see the love. They don't see the peace which passes all understanding. They don't see forgiveness and acceptance. Rather, a lot of times they see hypocrisy, they see rejection, they see judgment, they see criticism, they see hatred, they see division, they see all these other things in so-called believers, so-called Christians. And that is not the image of Christ. That is not the image of God. It's not God's likeness. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit sheds love abroad in our hearts. That there's a thing called the fruit of the Spirit, which means this. When you receive Christ into your life, when you receive the Spirit of God into your life, you should A, also receive his attributes, his character, his fruit, his giftings. And yes, there, there's a place of conditioning, a place of discipleship, a place of growing in God so that the old nature is put off and the new nature is put on. And see, part of the problem is that we fail in what we call the Great Commission. We fail to accomplish what we call sharing the gospel or bringing the kingdom of God to other people, bringing an introduction of who God is and who Christ is and who the Holy Spirit is into people's lives because they don't see Christ in us, so why would they want the God that we claim? Why would they want the Christ that we claim unless they truly see the character of God, unless they truly see the fruit of the Spirit, unless they truly experience the love, unless they truly see that we can walk through storms with the peace that passes all understanding, with the confidence 
in our God that he's able to deliver us from the fire, able to deliver us from the storm. And so a lot of times what they see is somebody knocking on their door or somebody at their workplace or somebody in a church service or someone maybe in their sphere of influence that has a lot of head knowledge. They might know what the Bible says, but they're not a what we call, what Paul called as a living epistle. They, they, the life of God is not flowing through them to those people. The life of God is not flowing through us as believers to the people in our sphere of influence. Sure, they can hear all day long a theology or a philosophy or a belief system, but are they truly experiencing, truly seeing, truly partaking of the life of God that should be manifested in us and flowing out of us and working through us to the lives of those people around us. And sadly, that's not always the case. See, we're called to be carriers of his anointing. We we use the term house of the Lord. We use the term church. We use the term the temple of God. And so most of the time on Sundays or if you're a Sabbath believer on Saturdays, maybe throughout the week you go and attend uh, services in a building that we more or less the Christian lingo is we go to church. We attend service. We gather in the temple. We, you know, we go and meet at the house of God. But see, the Bible says that God doesn't dwell in temples made of human hands. But he dwells rather in us. See, we don't go to church, people. We should be the church. We, we, are, we are the church. If you're a believer and you're gathering with other believers, you are the church. When, when you leave the building, it's just an empty building. When you leave that place of gathering, it's just an empty place. But when you come together in unity and you begin to worship and honor God and you allow God to manifest himself in the midst of those people, in the midst of the believers, in the midst of your fellowship, then you are the church. He says, when two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. You see, he doesn't dwell in temples made of human hands. He dwells in the lives of people that have received his spirit. The word of God says that we have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same spirit. We have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That if you're a believer... You're carrying the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. And if you're gathering in community, if you're gathering in fellowship, if you're what we call corporately, which is more than one, then people should be bringing the presence of God, bringing the Holy Spirit into the empty building, the empty sanctuary, 
bringing with them. When you walk into your workplace, you should be bringing Christ with you. When you walk into your school or your, you know, the 7-Eleven or the gas station or your place of business or wherever you go, it could be the grocery store. It could be church. But wherever you're going, wherever you are, you're to bring the Holy Spirit, carry the anointing and the presence of God with you. See, the Bible says that you'll know, they'll know that you're my disciples by your love. Jesus said you'll, you'll be able to judge a tree by its fruit. A good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? So there's a certain thing, there's a certain aspect, a certain character that defines believers from non-believers. And one of the first fruits of the Spirit, the Bible says, when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, let's kind of go over to Galatians real quick. And we may jump around a little bit because I'm trying to kind of build a foundation here for us and let us really see why are we not bringing people into the kingdom? Why are we not fulfilling this great commission? Why are we not keeping the second greatest commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself? See, the first one seems so easy or easier, which is love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But it continues to say love your neighbor as yourself, which tells you right there that we're supposed to love. We're supposed to love. Let me put it this way. First John 4, verse 7 and 9, say this. And we'll jump into the fruit of the Spirit here in a minute. But First John 4, 7 and 9, say, Beloved, let us love one another, because love comes from God. Now, this is written to believers. This isn't written to unbelievers. This is written to the church. And right now I'm speaking to believers. There may be unbelievers listening to this. And if you're not a believer, we can... We can take care of that by the end of this show. That way you're not really on the outside looking in, but you can be part of the party. You can be part of the in crowd. First John 4, 7 and 9 says, Beloved, let us love one another because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God's love was revealed among us. God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. See, we're called to live through him. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, if you're a believer. If you've received the spirit, then you're a believer. So let's go into the fruit of the Spirit, which is actually in the book of Galatians. Let's see here. I I may go somewhere else. 
but I think we should do uh, we should talk about this. Okay, so let's start with uh, chapter five, Galatians chapter five, verse. Uh, let's go. Let's go thirteen. For brothers, you have not been called unto freedom only. So use not your freedom or use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. See, there's that love again. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you do not be consumed one of another. See, we're called to love, even even in the Gospels, even in the Epistles, we constantly see this theme of love. Verse 16 says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary, the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would But if you be led by the spirit You are not under the law Now let's talk about this for a minute Now the works of the flesh Are manifest This is Galatians Chapter 5 Verse 19 Now the works of the flesh are manifest Adultery Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and its lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. It continues, says, Brother, if a man be overtaken in the fault, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. We'll stop there. So I kind of overlapped into chapter 6. What it's saying is this. Walk in the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? You get filled with the Spirit, you meditate on the Lord, and you begin to walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. 
Because if you walk in the Spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you've got your eyes fixed on Jesus and your heart is for God, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And this walk is a walk of love. See, we're to love God. We're to be examples of Christ. We're to love our neighbor. And see, the Bible says it's the kindness of God. It's the love of God that leads people to change. It's the love of God that leads people to repentance. Do you want to know why we're not bringing people into the kingdom? A, we're not really loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength because we're so caught up in the things of the world that the world's looking at us, the unbelieving are looking at us, and they're saying, you know, I can't tell any difference between you and the people that don't know Christ. And what they see is hypocrisy. What they see is two sides of the coin. They see us talking one thing and doing another, and it's contrary. They see us talking about the Spirit, talking about Christ, but we're living in the flesh, and it's not profiting anything to anybody. You see, Paul said, when I came to you preaching and sharing the gospel, I didn't just come to you with enticing words, but I came to you with power and demonstration of the Spirit. See, there's got to be some kind of substance behind your message. If you've got something to say, there's got to be some substance to back it up. If you tell somebody that Jesus is Lord, well, prove it. If you tell somebody Jesus is a healer, well, prove it. If you tell somebody that Jesus can change and transform their lives... You've got to be inundated and filled with the power of the Spirit enough or empowered by the Holy Spirit enough to help bring that transformation. You tell somebody that Jesus is alive and real, well, you should be carrying the presence of God. You should be carrying the anointing of God to the degree that when you share, when you pray, when you talk to those people, when you declare the Word of God to those people, whoever they are, They feel the substance of God and the presence of God that backs up what you're saying. See, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He said he he gives us that authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and defeat all the power of the enemy, to overcome all the power of the wicked one. And if you're not walking in love with God, walking in tune with God, and walking in love for your neighbor, then you're not going to carry that love. You're not going to walk in that authority. You're not going to walk in that power so that you don't preach an empty gospel. If you're an empty cup, if your cup is not full, if you're not filled with the Spirit of God, then what are you pouring out to people when you're telling them about your religion or your tradition, or you're telling them about what you call the living Christ, and if your God hasn't made an impact on your life enough to transform and change you, if your God hasn't made an impact on you enough to fill you with his glory and his presence and have a very touch of heaven on your life when you speak, when you talk, when you pray, when you live a life in front of people that exemplifies the character and the nature of God. See, people are looking at you every day. People are looking at me every day. 
when I walk out there and I'm I'm on my job, you know, I'm at, at work and I'm doing my thing or I'm at the grocery store or I'm sitting in a restaurant ordering food or whatever it is, people are watching. And when you make statements like I'm a Christian or maybe you carry your Bible with you or maybe people see or they know that you go to church, they're watching you. They're watching me. They're watching all of us that claim the name of Jesus, and they want to see if it's real or not. They want to see if we're real or not. And if they don't see something in our lives that's different than what's in theirs, they're not going to take us serious. If all we have is a theology, if all we have is a couple Bible verses to spout off and a bunch of critical, judgmental, finger-pointing, better-than-you attitude. Well, they're not going to receive Christ. They're not going to want what you say they should want because it doesn't profit them anything. It doesn't. That criticism and judgmentalism and religion and theology does not have the power to transform somebody's life. But when you walk in love and you proclaim the living Christ and declare that the Word of God is powerful and it's living and it's active, and you declare that God is alive and he hears the cries of his people, and he answers. And you begin to walk with the same that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, because see, faith works by love. And if you say you have faith, the Bible says if you're just spouting off that you have faith, but you don't have any works to back it up, then your faith is no good. And if you say you have God, and you don't have the Spirit of God, inside of your life, backing you up, backing your words up where you have some substance behind you, then your words are no good. They're just empty words. And people that are empty cannot receive empty and be full. And if you're not full, and you're not full of the Spirit of God, and you're not about building His kingdom, you're about building your own kingdom, but you have nothing to offer anybody. You see, if I make a statement and I make a declaration, I take a stand for the gospel and I declare that Jesus is alive and Jesus is real, and I have no substance and nothing to show for that, then my words are empty. And how are my empty words going to fill and satisfy and transform and change anybody's lives? If I don't have the Spirit of God backing me up. But see, God is a spirit. And those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. God is alive. God is alive. And He's working, running to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts that are truly His. The Bible says they that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And we read before that if you don't have love, then you don't know God. And if you say that you know God, then you better have some love. Why? Faith works by love. Faith is substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible declares. And you see, there's a reason people don't want a religious plastic 
critical, hypocritical, judgmental, finger-pointing, better-than-thou Jesus. Because that's not the heart of Jesus. Jesus' heart was love the Father and love your neighbor. And don't be weary in well-doing because if you faint not, you'll reap a harvest. So we're about doing good works. We don't get saved by good works, but we get saved by faith so that we can do good works, so that we can show people Christ's nature, so that they want to receive the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So I mentioned, I said, they that know their God, this is Daniel 11.32, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. In the Amplified Version, it says, the people who are spiritually mature and know their God will display strength and take action. And people are looking for people that are strong in this hour. People are looking for a group of people that can walk through fires and not be burned. They can walk through a storm and not be overtaken by the storm. Because everybody's walking through a storm of some sort. And most of the time, people don't know how to deal with it. That's why they're, you know, committing suicide. And that's why they're turning to addictions and vices. And that's why they're going to counselors and filling their heads with all this psychiatry and psychological uh, counseling. And they're getting loaded on medicines and prescription drugs. Why? Because they don't know how to cope. They don't know how to deal with things. Why? Because they don't know their God. They don't run to their God when they're in a crisis. They run to people. They run to everything else. Take a short break. I'm going to go into a time of worship briefly. If you're listening, this is Prayer International Radio. We're going to take a little break and do some worship.
we're back. So it'll take a little time to worship. You know, sometimes worship can correct your focus. And I just wanted to just give a little time to worship and praise the Lord. You know, that's why we're here is to worship him because in him we move and have our being. You know, it's it's because of what he did for us and because of who he is in our lives that, you know, makes all this worthwhile. The Bible says, no greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for a friend. And, you know, Christ was the biggest example of love. He was the biggest example of sacrifice. If you study Christ, even from a historical perspective, even as as an outsider looking in, even as an unbeliever reading from a historical perspective, you can see that he was a man of great sacrifice. And, you know, he's calling us to be and to walk as he is. And sometimes that's easier said than done if you don't have the Holy Spirit compelling you to do so. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ in you, pushing you and driving you and motivating you to love even people that aren't lovable. The Bible says when you love those that love you, that's easy. There's no reward in that. But if you love your enemies, you know, if you bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you, listen, that's that's only something that can be done out of true love. And true love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That we loved him because he first loved us and when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the deal. God knows where you're at. Whether you're a believer and you claim to know him, whether you're someone who genuinely knows him, or whether you're an unbeliever and you're not sure if he's even real or maybe you want to know him, this is the thing. He knows where you're at. He knows where your heart is. He knows where your motivations and your motives are. And, you know, nevertheless, whatever side of this you're on, God is reaching out to you. You see, the Bible says no one can come to God unless the Spirit draws him. So unless you're drawn, unless you're driven, unless you're motivated, unless you feel that pulling in your life towards him, you can't come to him. But see, his desire is that None should perish and that all come to repentance. God desires that no one perish. See, people say, well, God, how can a loving God send people to hell? No, it doesn't work that way. You choose. God gives you a choice. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And unfortunately, people, because of their pride or because of their fear or because they're more worried about people's opinions, or because some people think that they're God, some people think that their kingdom matters, some people think that their deal is more important. People never take the time to humble themselves and yield themselves to God and come to God. The Bible says submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. And unfortunately, most people are inundated and under 
the spirit of this age, even people that go to church, even people that claim to know or claim to believe in Jesus, the Bible says even the demons believe and tremble. But see, there's there's a defining characteristic of those that truly know God, and that's those that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as themselves. And you can say you know God, but if you don't love God, and you don't want to truly desire to walk in His commandments, truly desire to put away the old nature and walk in newness of life, I don't know. I don't know where that leaves you. Because even in Jesus' day, there were people that claimed to be religious, claimed to be spiritual, but they didn't know God. And then there was people on the outside that had no clue where to even start, no clue what it was all about, didn't know how to pray to God, didn't know how to worship, had never read any of the scriptures, but their hearts were longing for change. Their hearts were longing for relationship. Their hearts were longing to be impacted by the Spirit of God. And when God came in and they had that opportunity to make that choice, they chose to make God master. They chose to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. They chose to be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to walk in a newness of life, begin to walk in a better way. And for many of you, whether you've been in church your whole life or you just started or you've never been in a church, for many of you that believe in Jesus or maybe you're far away from you, you're not even sure what you believe anymore, or maybe you completely have denied the existence of God and denied Christ, God's giving everyone a choice, including myself. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And see if you'll receive him. Just like just like I said earlier, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. To him who receives him he gives power to become the sons of God. See, he wants to be your father. And he wants you to be a son or daughter. And he's given you access to himself through what Christ did. Christ died for our sins. And Christ was our example. And we all have that opportunity to turn from our own way and begin to go in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, begin to walk in a way that leads us in a straight path. And commit our ways unto the Lord. And he promises eternal life. But it's not just about going to heaven. But it's about God's kingdom wants to be established here now. And the way he does that is through people. The way he establishes his kingdom is through people who he dwells in, like we talked about earlier. God doesn't dwell in temples made of human hands. We say house of God or we say church, but truly we are the temple of God. If you're a true believer and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you are the church. You are the temple. You are the house of God. It's not about the building. 
but it's about the people, being the people of God, in whom His Spirit dwells. And if you want to be part of God's family, you want to be part of what we call the in crowd, it's time to go all in. It's time to yield your heart and submit to God. And in that submitting to God, you have to resist the enemy. You have to resist the devil. You have to put down the temptation and those drawings of the flesh, like we talked about in the book of Galatians, how there's spirit and there's flesh. And we have a choice. We can either live our life after the flesh and it brings destruction, or we can live our life after the spirit and it brings eternal life. There's no middle line. There's no middle of the road. There's no, oh, I'm going to have one foot in my kingdom and one foot in God's kingdom because that's religion. That's hypocrisy. That's a divided heart. God says, I don't want to have none of that. You either be lukewarm, either be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm or I'll spew you out of my mouth, says the Lord. And believe me, I know I've tried it that way. I've tried to walk with my my foot on this side of the fence and my foot on the other side of the fence. And you know what happens when you've got two legs on each side of the fence? You fall on the fence, and believe me, it doesn't feel good. And I won't go into detail there. But if anybody's ever fallen on a fence with one leg on one side and one leg on the other, and it knocked the breath right out of you and put you on the ground, believe me, you know what I'm talking about. And spiritually, it's the same way. If you're riding the fence and you're trying to do things from both kingdoms, both sides of the coin, guess what? Eventually, it's going to catch up to you, and it's going to leave you on the ground trying to catch your breath, dizzy, not sure what in the world's going on, with a lot of pain going, what happened? Help. But the Bible says God is an ever-present help in time of need. So maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there. Maybe you're headed in the direction, and if you don't slow it down and you don't turn it around, you're going to end up in that same situation. Well, God's reaching down to you out of love, out of grace, saying this is a better way. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Make the choice. God is not slack concerning his promises. He has better plans for you than you have for yourself. He's got a better purpose and a better deal for you than you could ever come up with yourself. Believe me. You know, he's a good God. And he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. He wants to strengthen you. John 17:3 says, and this is life. This is life eternal. This is eternal life. That they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Do you want eternal life? Then get to know God. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about theology. We're not talking about a belief system or a theology or a philosophy. We're talking about a living God who is a spirit and he wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. He wants you to receive him into your life. He wants to live with you. 
and abide with you. He wants to lead you and guide you and comfort you. And with that comes, when you receive God's Spirit, you receive the fruits of the Spirit. You you get the love shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You get the peace, which passes all understanding, that you can speak into the midst of the storm, and it will calm the storm. You get joy unspeakable. Sometimes you go through a situation that normally would drive somebody completely crazy. But all of a sudden you feel the joy of the Lord and it's your strength. He teaches you how to be patient and long-suffering because the Spirit of God brings that fruit where you can deal with things and deal with people a lot better than you used to when you didn't have Christ. And maybe you say, well, I I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I, I believe in this stuff, but I still don't. Well, listen, you just need to realize who you are. You need to have uh, your identity revealed to you. See, there's people that go through life with the identity crisis. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. So, you know, we're all looking for an identity. We all want to know who we are. Who is he? Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? The Bible says, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Do you want strength in your life so that when you're walking through a situation, you can overcome? You need to know who your God is. That's what this is about. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. This is what Prayer International Ministry and the radio show and just who we are. That's that's what we do. That's who we are. We want you to know God. We want you to learn what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. And then take that knowledge. See, the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And there's a lot of people that that believe in Christ, but they're perishing. Why? They have a lack of knowledge. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know truly what it means to be a son or daughter. They don't realize that their life is hidden with Christ, and the life that they now live is through faith in the Son of God, that Christ now dwells in their hearts, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of them, that same power and that same authority to overcome all the plans of the enemy. Is inside of them. It's inside of you if you're a believer. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a believer and you've received the Spirit of God. And well, if you haven't, then this is your chance. This is your opportunity. You see, if we turn over to the book of Revelation, Give me a second here. So the book of Revelations, first the first couple of verses, first couple of chapters and verses talk about Jesus. 
And the most repeated thing that was said is, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He that has an ear, constantly, you see this in chapter 2. Constantly, you see it in chapter 3. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You'll see it over and over and over. It's the most repeated verse that Christ actually says. But Jesus said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will let me in, I will come in and sup with him, and he with me. Jesus is knocking on your heart's door, saying, hey, let me in. Let me in. And if you'll let him in, he'll dine with you. He'll spread a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He'll put a table before you in the wilderness. He'll take care of you because he's an ever-present help in time of need. He will not leave you fatherless. He'll not leave you forsaken. He will become a father to the fatherless. He'll become a friend to those that have no friends. He will make water in the middle of a desert. He will do the impossible because what's impossible for man is possible for God. So he will do impossible things on your behalf, miracles. Take your tragedies and your mistakes and turn them into miracles because that's how good our God is. He's just looking for someone that will open up and let him in. The Spirit of the Lord runs to and fro looking for hearts that are fully His. He just wants your heart today. He just wants your spirit today. He just wants your life today. Love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and receive Him as Lord and Savior. Maybe you say, well, Chris, I... I've done too many things. I've been so far away from God. I, I've been a product of disbelief and unbelief. There's so much going on in my life. How could Christ ever forgive me? How would Christ ever make himself real to me? Listen, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God wants to reveal himself to you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Not that I'm saying that. Uh, non-sympathetically I'm not saying it doesn't matter so much That you've been through things But it's not a deal breaker Because you've been through things You're not disqualified Because you've lived life Far away from God on some level but See you're qualified All you have to do is believe in your heart And confess with your mouth Believe in your heart And confess with your mouth See, we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all imperfect. And he can take a sinner and turn a sinner into a saint. He can take someone that's full of issues, full of problems, and begin to help you to take a stand on the promises. Maybe you've got a victim mentality and you've feel like you've gotten the short end of the stick. Listen, he can make you victorious. And you turn your stance from a victim into a victor. Because that's how he is. He he says the last will be first. If you feel like you were always looked over, 
Maybe you felt like you were never good enough. Maybe you were always rejected. Listen, he accepts you. You matter to him. Your life is worth living. Maybe you feel like it's not. Maybe you feel like what purpose do you serve? He's standing at your heart's door knocking. Let me in. Let him in. He wants to come in. This is your day to choose. This is your day to choose life. This is your day to choose Christ and choose to live a life full and led by the Spirit of God. It's not too late. See, God is not slack concerning his promises. And we've always said God's not a respecter of persons, but he's really a respecter of faith. And if you'll choose to believe him, the Lord is true. Jeremiah 10.10 But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God. He's an everlasting king. And at his wrath the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide in his indignation. See, there's, there's people that are on the outside of this that when he calls them to attention, they're not going to be able to abide. But listen, he says if you're his, if you're in his camp, if you're in his family, you can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And when terror comes and when the fire comes and when the storms rage and the floods come, guess what? He'll help you walk right through it because that's what kind of God he is. I'm not saying you're never going to have issues. You're never going to have challenges and circumstances. But the difference is is you have a God that wants to walk you through it. And for every test that you go through, you'll end up with a testimony. Because blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed is the woman whose trust is in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. And if you want to be blessed, then it's time to confess. It's time to lay your heart bare before the Lord. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you again into the place. Listen. God has thoughts towards you, and they're better than your thoughts. God has plans for you, and they're better than your plans. God has peace to give you an expected end. And he says you'll find him when you search for him with all your heart. You'll find him when you search for him with all your heart. 
So open up your heart and receive Christ right now as your Savior. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. Listen, we've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all missed the mark on some kind of level. We've all, you know, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're, We're not the Savior. We're not Jesus. We're not the Master. We're not the King and the God and the Lord. But He is. So if you want to receive him into your life, maybe you need to rededicate into your life. Uh, maybe you need to allow God. Maybe you've just had a system of theology or religion or traditions, but you've never truly known him and you want to. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And this is the thing. There's no formula. There's no formula. This isn't, this isn't some magical deal. But it's just a start. It's a beginning. It's just a way to help you get connected with God and get started. So if you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to say, you don't know where to start, just open up your heart and pray this. Lord Jesus, and you can repeat after me or you can pray a prayer similar, whatever you feel led to do. Let's just start. Lord Jesus. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for shedding your blood for me. And I thank you that through your blood I have forgiveness of sin. Lord, I realize that I'm away from you. I'm separated from you. But I want you in my life. I want to be your son, your daughter. I want to be your child. Right now I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want to be in right standing. I want to be righteous. I want to be in the right place with you. I receive you now into my heart. Come and be Lord and Master of my life. Come and be my Savior and be my king, and show me a better way to live. Your will be done, and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I give my heart and my life to you now. I thank you for forgiveness of sins. I thank you that God is my Father and that the Holy Spirit is my Comforter. Father, I want to receive everything that you have for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me into truth. Fill me with your peace and fill me with your love. I thank you that heaven is my new home and I thank you that you will walk with me on this earth from this moment forward in Jesus name amen now listen it's not a formula if you prayed the prayer or something like it maybe it's just a way for you to get started maybe you don't even know 
Look, it's it's just opening up your heart to God. It's just reaching out to God and allowing Him to come in. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. If you believe that prayer, if you believe what we're talking about tonight, today, whatever time of day it is that you're listening, God is faithful to answer. And he's a faithful father. He's a good father. Maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe you don't even know what that's like. I can tell you he's a good father. He can He can show you. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or maybe you've prayed something like that many times, but you felt like this is the time, you're serious this time, you really want to know God, you really want to experience God, you can find us on the Prayer International Facebook page. You can find us on www.prayerinternational.org You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com You can go to our Facebook page under Sean Holmberg or Chris Herzog and you can reach out to us and let us know on Messenger or however you can contact us that you prayed this prayer you rededicated your life or you received Christ into your life for the first time And listen, we want to help you on your journey. We want to help point you in the right direction. We want to help you get closer to God so that you can overcome and and have a victorious life. You can have a life full of love and peace and, and know that someone's walking through this with you. Let me say a prayer for you and for everyone listening. Father, In Jesus' name, I just ask that you would just touch everybody tonight and seal your word in their hearts by the Holy Spirit, that you'd make your truth known to them, Father, and that, Lord, you would become so real and that people would experience you that are listening tonight or today in a real and genuine way, Father. Show them that you are the one true living God and that you are alive, that your word is true and it's powerful, it's active and living. That, Lord, you are not a statue made of human hands. You are not a dead God, but you are a living God. You are the one true God. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to call you, Father, for the opportunity to receive you into our hearts. Thank you for receiving us into heaven, Lord, and thank you. You said if we confess you before men, if we acknowledge you before men, you would acknowledge us in heaven. So we ask, Lord, and we declare... Let everyone confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Prayer International Radio. Until next time, be blessed.